0: The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML, providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV for even more local sports content. CISN TV, the home for live local sports. Hey Tyson, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. How about you, Dave?
0: I'm doing awesome. Are you keeping your feet up all
1: week? Ah, doing my best. We'll see.
0: (laughs) I am talking with Tyson Whelan, who is a professional triathlete preparing for his first Ironman at the Ironman North American Championships on June twelfth, twenty 2022 in Des Moines, Iowa. So this is a first for both you and Des Moines. Um... How how did Ironman, not just Ironman, but how did the Ironman North American Championships end up in Des Moines?
1: Uh, so I've got a few thoughts on how it could have potentially got brought up here. Um, you know, first and foremost, we have kind of a rich history with the hy Triathlon. We had the Escape Series here for a bit. And then we've got Diamond Bikes right in our backyard with TJ Tollickson, another professional triathlete, which I'm sure between all of those, we had some pull and then of course you've got the fact that we're we're a centralized location in the united states so we can kind of get people from the east and from the west and um it's also just there's a really good triathlon community you've got a ton of teams in the area and so i'm sure just with that interest level that we had they found a way to get one here and yeah i think it's worked out pretty well they originally got a test out a 70.3 and then now we've been able to bump up to an ironman Uh,
0: did you do the 70.3 I did, yeah. So I would say one of the things they talk about, the flat running course and a rolling rolling hills in the bike course. I want to talk about the course in a little bit. But when I saw the course, I had to laugh a little bit that they say it's rolling.
1: <laughs> when we want hills, I mean, it, we
0: go down to Winterset.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's uh you go over to Madison County, it's got some decent hills. Um, I mean it, nothing really burners, but you know you got one over near probably close to Redfield that, you, you could it's a three four minute climb sometimes, and then uh, probably one other one over an eighty about a mile eighty six roughly or something like that. It's near uh, Cummings, so yeah, it, uh, it's it should still be a very fast course, honestly. So
0: yeah, well you do get to go downhill on the other side, right? Exactly. Um, I want to dive a little deeper into the course here in a minute, but what do you think it means for the city of Des Moines to host an event like this?
1: I think mean, it's huge, uh, you know, and it's uh, especially for, you know, not only the athletes that are able to participate, but the the community as a whole. Uh, there's uh, There's, you know, hundreds of volunteers that are out there. And then on top of that, you've got all the businesses impacted. I mean, the hotels are probably stocked up and... You know, the local cuisine is, I mean, local restaurants are getting hit up everywhere. And I know I'm in a Facebook group that has a a bunch of triathletes coming in, and they're all discussing where's the best coffee, where's the best place to eat, you know, where's the best place to entertain yourself. And um, they're coming full of full experience. So it means a lot for the city. Um, And and I guess so much is, I don't know if you had seen it, but they also got another extension. Um, So we're going to have Ironman here for another few years. So it's definitely a... uh, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, I did just see that on uh, the news tonight, as a matter of fact, extended through 2025. So uh, I guess Des Moines does put on a good show. And it, it, I wouldn't say it began with hy V Triathlon, but certainly the hy V Triathlon kicked things off in a big way with the very first purse of a million dollars for a triathlon uh-huh. right here in Des Moines, Iowa. And, gosh, we had every, every – uh, the uh, top top well olympians from all around the world show up for hunting for that million dollars did you were you you're not you're not super old did <laughs> no you i I, I uh
1: so I got to uh participate when they handed off the reins to the escape series um so that would have been immediately following the high v um, and so it still had a purse prize. We had Javier Gomez that year mm-hmm. who was a world champion at the time. And so it still was a, an incredible event. Um, but a, a right after that escape series, the, the this, it died out, unfortunately. Yeah. So I didn't get to test out the true heavy triathlon, but I was around at Z3 at the time. And so I got to, you know, go and cheer on people. And so I remember like, uh, I think a few Z3 members maybe carried the flags out for the, the start. And so that was really cool.
0: Yep, yeah, I actually remember those days. Um, uh, the, you know, the hy V kind of backed out of the triathlon scene and then the escape series was here for a couple of years, two or three years, um, and then kind of died out. But it, it really set the foundation that, uh, an event of this magnitude is right for Des Moines. Um, tell me about the not just the, the Iron Man, but the North American championships. Like what does that mean? What's the scope of the North American championships and what's it mean for the competitors?
1: Yeah, so with this being a, a regional championships, uh, well, obviously it brings in a lot more people, and the reason being is there is additional Kona slots, um, which is a big ticket item when it comes to Ironman races. Um, whenever you do have a regional championship, I mean, instead of going, you know, two, three deep, even uh, this is on the pro side, but even as an age grouper, it, it's percentage based. But like we get instead of having you know one or two spots available for each gender, it's it's three spots guaranteed. Um, and so that's a big draw, especially for pros. And then I know that I think it's almost doubled, um, double the amount of age groupers are able to qualify at regional championships. Uh, and then on top of that, they've also got a a quite a bit larger purse and they've also probably got a little bit more funding just as a, as a race from, you know, uh, their promotional side and stuff like that. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, so as a competitor is Kona the ultimate destination or would somebody be thrilled with a podium in the North American championships and not have to go to Kona like can this be an end in of itself
1: it can um, you know I think that in our sport uh, especially with I mean Ironman, specifically um, the the pinnacle of the sport is is Kona, um, and it has been for a long time. Um, you know, this year was a different year. We did have a a world championship that was not at Kona. Um, we had it at Saint George just about a month or so ago. Um, and I think sport is taking a different direction. You know, and so. Um, there's bigger and, you know, not necessarily better races coming in, but there, there's equal races that are being put out there by different companies. And so, um, our North American championship may be the, you know, the, the pinnacle of someone that's chasing like these, these regional championships. And so, um, it really could, yeah, I'd say it's, it satisfies, you know, that quota. If you don't want to make the trip out to Kona,
0: um, we're going to talk about you more in a little bit, but I do want to ask right here, if you qualify, will you go to Kona? And this is, you. I'm I'm qualifying this question by saying, this is your very first Ironman length triathlon. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, one thing that when I became a a professional, um, I definitely took on the side that it it is going to be very difficult for me to qualify for world championships. And that's a challenge I'm willing to uh, take on. Um, You know, I... If I was in an age group race and not necessarily taking my pro card, I could probably qualify for Kona. Um, but it's it might be something that's down the line. If I was to qualify this time around, I you bet I'd go. And I think that is the pinnacle of the sport, and I would love to race against the best in you know the world. And so um, that's the draw for me is to compete against the best. Um, you know, this is regionally the best we have to offer, but I want to go against the best in the world. Um, and so if it's not this year, you know, I, I do have it in my in my plan to qualify at some point in the next few years, um, albeit if it's, you know, the Ironman distance or the 70.3 distance. Um, yeah, I think I, I definitely would take it.
0: Mm, very cool. Well, we'll cheer you on and, and hopefully uh, cheer yeah. you all the way to Hawaii. Um, let's talk about the course here before we get to you. Uh, I noticed we, we've swum in Gray's Lake. The course... Begins the swimming begins. It's a two mile, two point two mile swim. Two point right? four. Two point four. Two point four Yeah. I never did. I never did get up to the Ironman. Man. <laughs> yeah. I did a half Ironman a thousand years ago. I think it was 1986 in, uh, uh, swam in Lake McBride, in Iowa City, and I remember in the run that uh, there were, were no, their volunteers weren't coordinated and there were no aid stops until the turnaround <laughs> oh, point and it that's was a hot sunny day it was brutal <laughs> there was a lot of walking yeah. involved but i made it yeah that's as far as i got those the half um so anyway 2.4 mile swim in grays lake and it's interesting it's a um you're doing a couple of laps and midway through each of those laps you swim essentially over a, a spit of land so you'll Come out of the water, go over the spit of land, and there's a water stop there. Is that unique?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's, it's actually kind of cool. Uh, there's a few races I know. I want to say down um, in Georgia. Um, there's probably a hand, just a handful of these Ironman races that they do a two lap course. Um, some of them, it's a it's a dock, and other ones, it's this peninsula like this, and it's a good way to accommodate for bodies of water that aren't quite big enough. Um, and it's also just a bonus because you do get to have a quick water stop. I mean, especially for those swimmers that are maybe a little bit weaker, this is a break that could make a difference for them completing an Ironman or not completing an Ironman. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. I'm excited for it because you know what, I could probably make up a few seconds running. It's kind of my background. Um, and so I could grab a few seconds and get back in, so... Get around yeah.
0: one or two uh, swimmers on that spin of land. Yeah, I mean,
1: hey, every second matters, especially when you're trying to chase some fast feet. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So then you uh, get out of the lake and you hop on your bike for um, more than 100 miles, 112. Mm-hmm. 112 flat miles. Um, like I said, like when, when we want a hilly ride, we... Go down on these exact roads they're they're not flat how does that feel as a triathlete do you look forward to the hills because you get to change your position maybe stand up here and there get some coasting in or would you rather have a bone flat just drill it kind of course
1: i mean everyone likes uh, the the flashy fast times um but you know honestly if there's i think a good amount of rolling hills is about perfect if you have a super steep climb, like sometimes that can kind of ruin your momentum, but I don't think these hills are anything that's going to really kill the momentum. I think honestly, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and when you do have that slight undulation, you are actually going to work a few different muscle groups and you may come off that bike feeling way better than you would have done on a flat course where your lower back could get tense or you just, you, you're in the same position for 112 miles. Like your, your body will feel that. So, sure. um, I think this is a good course and especially with a flat fast run afterwards, like having that undulation will be really good for us.
0: Yeah, you're heading through a couple of towns, Redfield, Winterset, right right through Winterset. Uh do you plan on some Casey's stops for some pizza?
1: I mean we made those stops when we did our pre ride, <laughs> uh, just kinda of riding the course, but you know, I'll be a little busy. Um, <laughs> I'll uh I'll have a sandwich on my bike and then I'll get me through it. So what kind and of sandwich gels. will
0: you have? What what do you what do you have in your backpack? Uh, peanut
1: butter Really? Peanut butter. I I would do peanut butter and like honey or peanut butter and jelly but I'll tell you what, I always end up with it all over myself so I'm just doing straight peanut butter otherwise I will get sticky hands and nobody wants that. No, you don't want sticky hands.
0: How much water will
1: you have on your bike? So on my Ventum I've got a 1.5 liter uh, bladder that goes, it's actually integrated with the tube and I'll have that and then on the front I've got 600 milliliters of, I'll have Martin in the front. Um, And then as soon as I kind of drain some of that 1.5 liters, I'll refill that with more water. Um, And then if I end up, well, hopefully I get through that 600 milliliters of Martin, I'll end up swapping out for probably Gatorade endurance because that's what they've got on course. And so um, ideally I would go through, you know, three liters Mm -hmm. um, of water and then, uh, you know, 120, sorry, 1,200 of, uh, you know, sports drink. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: How When you're out on course, how do you physically f- refill your water?
1: Uh, so at the aid stations, a lot of times they'll have just regular water bottles, squeezed water bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's much like bike racing where you've got hand-ups, and so they'll hold the bottles out, and um, you'll either grab the first, second, third, or fourth, whatever one you can get, um, right. and then you'll just squeeze that bottle into uh, your hydration system. It works really well for myself just because it is a – Uh, integrated bike top uh, hydration system. And so I can just pop open the top, squirt the bottle in, throw it away, put that top back on top. So it shouldn't be too bad.
0: Huh? that's pretty cool. Um, Will you eat anything besides your sandwich?
1: I will do a martin gel. Um, those really work for me. They're just basically sugar or salt and water, but the ratio and the consistency really goes down easy. And so I'll do alternating where I have, uh, just a regular one every 30 minutes and then I'll have, uh, a caffeinated one opposing that every 30 minutes. So, um, take, uh, I'll be taking, yeah, two, two every hour, um,
0: I'm going to ask this now, how long do you think your bike will, how long will it be on your bike? 112 miles.
1: Uh, So I've estimated myself right around about 430. Um, I think I could push it towards that 420 mark, Um, but 430 is, or yeah, 430 is about 24 miles an hour. Uh, My last 70.3, I was able to average 26 flat um, over kind of similar terrain in Chattanooga. And so um, I think 24 is a pretty honest uh guess um i don't i don't really know the distance yet I and mean, it is my first Ironman, man so mm-hmm. you know things could go wrong i could have a flat i could have a mechanical i could just ride slower um but i do think 24 is definitely manageable even with all those factors and so about four thirty.
0: yeah cool well let's get into the run it's fairly flat uh, although i will say my very first marathon can i tell you stories before Hell your yeah. race <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah hey I don't let's wanna, hit it
0: i don't uh, you can go over the Fluor drive um bridge and think of me i remember coming <laughs> I, over the Fluor drive bridge and it was like mile 24 and i like riding your bike it's not even a hill you don't even notice it there's not mm-hmm. i mean there's a bit of a rise but you just go over the raccoon river and then down into des moines and boy, I just remember I looked up at the top of that thing and there was snow blowing off the top and there was a flag at the top like blowing in the wind and there was a group of Sherpas up there celebrating their um, ascent of the tallest mountain in Des Moines and uh, <laughs> you know, it just seemed to go on forever. But other than that, it's a pretty flat course, isn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, mostly we're right around Gray's Lake, and then you're on Meredith Trail. Um, there's, a, I think, a really cool aspect of this is that we do get about 5K worth of running each lap on Meredith Trail. Mm-hmm. So I'll be able to see my competitors. I'll be able to sit there and be like, I'm down two minutes, you know, and I'll be able to see them again the next lap. Oh, I was way closer this time. Um, but I'm going to echo what you were saying about Fleur. Honestly, uh, I, I've done IMT half and then I've done, you know, the half Ironman last year. And, you know, that thing, when you're tired, that's a hill it is a hill. <laughs> a, it is a hill it is it's a hill um you know and like you said it's not really anything until you're tired but yep. um you know honestly that's why i'm hoping uh you know you're talking about the sherpas at the top i'm hoping that i can get some i'm gonna tell my friends and family hey you know during the run i want you on that bridge because that's going to be where i'm hurting i'm um, yep. just getting on top of that so
0: that's probably good advice for all of the the fans out there to go cheer people on on that floor drive because you yep. come over it four times out, back. Uh, you'll come out. over at three, three times. times. Three oh, times I back. guess.
1: It, yeah. No, no. You would come over it six times then. Um, oh. Because you, you have to go out and back. Laps? Okay. Three laps total. Yep. Yep. Lucky you. Yep. Um, <laughs> so six six times over that bridge. But, you know, half of those are going to be easy. Half of those are going to be really tough. So.
0: And then the finish line where everybody should head is right in front of uh, the courthouse on Court Avenue. Like Court and Third. Yep. So Court and Fourth. It's, uh, yep.
1: So you basically take that left, you know, at high V, and then it's just a straight shot, and I think it's right next to Cal's Commons. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good finish line. I mean, you're going down court. Like mm-hmm. What can you? It's hard to beat that in Des Moines. So very
0: cool. So that'd be a great place for people to go watch. Really late into the night, there will be people finishing there at midnight, mm-hmm. won't there?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. I think it's. Uh, you're gonna, I hope I don't get quoted on this, but I think it's eighteen hours is what people are allowed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. something like that.
0: Well, we hope it doesn't take you 18 hours. Um, yeah, yeah. No, uh, let's talk about you and, and how you got your start in triathlon. And you mentioned you were with the uh, Z3 crew. What is Z3? three?
1: Yeah. So Z3 is a junior elite, um, and youth elite triathlon team that is based out of Des Moines. Um, I guess it is still based out of Des Moines. Um, but I, uh, back way back, I was a, I was a swimmer. Uh, and then somehow got roped into being a, a runner at Johnston and one of my teammates was actually on z3 and so he's like wait you can swim dude why aren't you doing triathlon like uh, and so I was like oh well I guess if like why not why not give it a try and um, it was it was a really cool atmosphere um, I actually competed for them for you know uh, since I was 17. Um, so I did three years as a junior um, and then I actually continued on and uh, represented Z3 as a uh, professional for a while there. Um, I kind of outgrew them. Uh, I was coaching as I also while I was a professional there and um, I think I just kind of needed to uh, chase my own thing because, I mean, all of them are are 19 and under and here I was. Uh, a 20, 23-year-old is when I decided to branch off and make Wheeland Racing. But, yeah, no, it's a great group. Um, if you're looking for the next up-and-coming Iowan triathletes, they're going to be coming out of Z3. So
0: Yeah, for sure. A lot of them have. Um, it's a different style of racing, too. On Sunday, you'll be doing time trial-type cycling, but Z3 did Olympic-style racing where they can race on the bike in a pack like you see in the tour de France or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, you know, that's a, we did draft legal. Um, I really thoroughly enjoy draft legal. It's the closest thing you're going to get to cycling, which I mean, honestly, that's where you're going to get your adrenaline rush. Um, you know, you've got tight quarters, crashes, all that jazz, but yeah. So this Sunday is going to be a, a non draft, um, is what they call it. And, uh, it still is. I mean, you still get groups that kind of form together. You've got that um, twelve meter draft, but you you can't break in with that. But you, you, there is a way. I mean, there's still a, a semi draft even that far back. Um, and then on top of that, you just kind of are able to push each other. So it's like, hey, you'll pass somebody, and then they'll come pass you back, and it just kind of slingshots. You know, that's that's how you get your draft here, but. Um, yeah, it's a different game. It's uh, you know, draft legal is all about the swim, and non-draft league is all about the bike, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the tactics really play a part in the draft legal stuff. And uh, do you mm-hmm. sit in and conserve energy and wait mm-hmm. for the run, and then break everyone's legs off, or you try to get away and put some distance on if you're not that good of a runner? So the draft legal is super fun to watch and super interesting, and Like I said, that's what uh, you see in the Olympics, but this is not that you have become a fairly accomplished cyclist in your, um, uh, transition from swimming to running to triathlon. Do you Mm -hmm. have a favorite sport out of the three?
1: I mean, it's tough. Uh, so swimming was my love for so many years, you know, when I was younger, I thought that was what I was going to do. I was going to go to the Olympics and be a swimmer. And, um, I really, I poured my entire life into it and I actually got really burnt out on it, um, wow. unfortunately. And so I ended up, like, like I said, I be- ended up becoming a runner. Um, and it was more or less so I could get away from the pool. Um, but th- the thing is, is, um, I've actually come back to, to really enjoying swimming. And it is the one that I have the most natural or, um, innate ability. in. And so I do really enjoy swimming. Um, that being said, I spent, you know, my better years of college as a collegiate runner and I fell in love with the people. Um, and I fell in love with the fact that I could go out to a local 5k. There's not a lot of local swim races, you know, that's not a thing. Um, whereas I can go be part of the community and running, um, and then on top of that, it's the same thing with cycling. I can go out and I could go do cycling races, and I always am the this disruptor, and, and I kind of find a lot of fun with that. Where it's I like go into a race, and I mean everyone knows I'm the triathlete, but they still let me go off the front, or they still let me attack 20 times and and get away, or something like that. So um, I honestly I think that it's really good for my triathlon as a whole is the fact that I I really can't say I have a favorite, but I love all three. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're sitting right now. So
0: that's pretty cool. You are a good runner and you ran, uh, collegiately. What was your specialty? Mm
1: Uh, I'd argue my specialty was like the three K. Um, you know, that I, I didn't quite have the ability to extend it past the three K as much. I was like a 1440 for the five K and, um, could dip down into the 1500 i was able to win a few of those as a a d2 runner and um but you know my my sweet spot was probably 3k two miles so Mm -hmm.
0: uh 3k that sounds like the distance of a steeple chase did you ever do steeple it is
1: i did do steeple uh that was my race as well um uh indoor 3k outdoor steeple um (laughs) i had a my last race was not the greatest uh, when it came to steeple. I actually got a little bit too confident and went out at like you know world record pace or something like that. It was just something ridiculous. Like, and we were we were at our our town our hometown. Uh, we're West Texas, and uh, that's at slight altitude, and that was even better because I was just I was dying that second half. So you know, nothing's more scary than. You know, you have these huge barriers you have to get over, and your legs can't lift. Like, you're like, oh, well, I still have to find a way over those. So, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed steeplechase. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, those things are not... You're going to have to, like, crawl over that thing. I don't know. (laughs) But I survived. I made it. I haven't done a steeple since college, but I've tried every other race since college. So if that says anything, I don't know. It's a tough one.
0: You're apparently a glutton for punishment with the Ironman this weekend and the steeplechase in college because... That steeple just looks like the hardest race that ever was.
1: Oof. You know, it weeds out the week. You know, I don't have to race as many uh, fast people sometimes. Sometimes it's just about strength. So, yeah, that's yeah I like that stuff.
0: That's, that's pretty cool. So you've run a marathon, 226 marathon, which is a 535-mile pace. Um, the very first uh, Grand Blue Mile... I was 46 I think and I ran a 5:26 so I basically kicked your butt for 1 mile. That's fair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I you know it's funny about that uh that marathon time is I have not run I've only run two marathons and each time I have gone out and just just had a rough second half. I'm always going through. I was like w- through in 110 111 and then I just kind of—it's not a fall apart, but it, it's definitely how you want to run a marathon. Just a little bit too uh, eager, which hopefully doesn't happen this weekend. I, I know I know what I need to do this weekend.
0: I, I unfortunately um, so. can relate to that. So let's let's uh, <laughs> translate five thirty-five mile in a marathon equals a two twenty-six. What's your expected pace on Sunday?
1: So I set up the goal of running about a four or two forty-five. Um, for my total marathon time, I, I do feel really, really comfortable at that six low pace. Um, and that's something that I've noticed over the years and why I've actually honestly jumped up to the marathon is like, I honestly don't think that I'll slow down much more than that. Um, I, I just, just to just know myself, like that's my comfortable, like mm-hmm. all day pace is around that six to six 30 pace. And so, um, I'll probably head on that range of closer to six 30 to start just to be conservative. And then, you know, use the crowd, crank it down, and I could probably get close to you know six ten, six fifteen by the end there, hopefully.
0: And with all your fans on Fleur Hill. Should
1: Honestly, I tell there? you what, last year it it was huge. I don't, I would not have ran as fast as I did without the crowd. Uh, I love the hometown advantage. You know, I get that here, and then you know it's it's very similar atmosphere to like IMT uh, mm-hmm. when you come, you go, you do an out and back in Waterworks, and even just the people in the race, it's just like. Everyone knows me, which is, is really cool. I, I, I feed off people who know me and that's, that's the support that I get definitely pushes me along. So, so get yeah.
0: out there and cheer, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, come for the run. I, <laughs> I, I, uh, it's a long day. You know, if I have my way, it's going to be an eight hour, 20 minute race. And, um, and that's, that's starting at five thirty AM. So I'm telling my friends, Hey, come for the run. That's when I'll need you. Like I, I, I would love to have you for the swim, but not if it means you're going to be all day. Come for the run.
0: Uh, good good advice. So I'm curious. You have like, I don't know, a rocket ship for a bike? <laughs> Tell me about yeah, your bike. It's,
1: pr- it's pretty darn close. Uh, so this is going to, it's a, a Ventum. Um, and this is their, their flagship bike, um, top of the line, Ventum 1. Um, I started riding this bad boy back it would have been 2018 um, I had previously been riding a diamond for with uh, with TJ um, and so I was already kind of used to the the strange bikes um, we <laughs> we didn't quite match up size wise uh, I was riding a large for a diamond um, and I was really grateful for, to be able to use it uh, but I didn't quite fit and you know and, and without me actually owning the bike I couldn't quite tinker with it as much as I would have liked so I reached out to Ventum um, I said, hey, what can you do for me? And we came to an agreement that was affordable and was going to allow me to kind of get into the superbike market, um, as well as let me kind of build my bike up the way I wanted to. And so the bike you see today is, uh, you know, it's a since 2018, so it's been a four-year process to get it to look. and. Feel as fast as it is now, and now I honestly, it's a, it's a speedy bike, uh, and it looks good too. That's the I love the blacked out look; it makes it seem rocket ship like for sure.
0: Yeah, it, it does look like a rocket ship. Definitely high tech. Like it's if it's not rof, rocket ship, it's like F one racing. I think.
1: Well, and the cool part is, is there's a lot of stuff on there. And if you look closely, it's actually stuff that I've either fabricated or or upgrades that I've made myself. Um, there's just things throughout the year that. Throughout the years that I, I noticed with the bike, like it was just like I had a race where my hydration system flew off, and so I ended up now I've got like a mounted bolt um, section there, and then I was like, okay, well I need more hydration, um, and I mean I want something that's not just water, and I had the water bladder, but I was like I don't want to mix it because then you get mold in there, and so I actually three D printed a uh, a bike and water bottle mount on the front, and so that's where my cockpit looks as uh, intense as it does, and then I my Uh, armrests are actually from England Uh, they're this brand that's not really well known it's called culprit I honestly don't even know if anyone else rides them but they're these big cup ones that were a lot cheaper than the high priced ones we have here in America and I think it's just a guy that does them out of his shop and they're top class so it's it's a it's a lot of me in the bike which is really fun oh
0: that's pretty cool how do you balance comfort with aerodynamics
1: um, so I actually coming from a draft legal background. I actually already had a pretty aggressive uh, fit, um, and so I actually had to um, uh, wherever it was at with having it be a draft like a non draft legal bike. I was pretty comfortable. Um, the one thing that I needed to adjust for was really just the the cockpit area. So those those armrests were a lifesaver because I I can handle the tilt on the bike, but I can't handle my arms digging into the cups and so that was where I needed to adjust Um, and I've made a few adjustments here or there um, just tweaking it back I have an ISM saddle which is top top of the line and that's what it came with standard so I really don't even know anything else Um, but yeah I I I still want to be pretty aggressive and I can handle it um, because the more aggressive it is, the more it kind of works my runner's muscles versus my cyclist muscles. Um, and so it, it favors me a little bit to be aggressive.
0: Do you, I've seen you do some shorter tries, uh, Olympic distance and even sprint. Do you make changes from those short ones where you can put up with a little more discomfort for a short period of time versus 120 um. miles?
1: I really don't, um, you know. And if there was more professional races that were, you know, at that Olympic distance or sprint distance that were at that Olympic distance or sorry, at the sprint distance that were non-draft, I'd probably make that adjustment. Um, but honestly, I just try to push the pedals harder. Uh, that's that's all I really do. And and that's why when I do go up to distance, it actually ends up not being too much crazy faster. And so I end up, you know, at at a local sprint try, I average twenty five, and then I go to, uh, Chattanooga and I'd average 26 for three times, four times the distance. It's kind of silly sometimes, but, um, I'm optimizing it for the races that are going to pay me. So mm-hmm. that's smart.
0: That's very smart. Speaking of pay, you do some coaching. Uh, tell me about that.
1: I do. Uh, so this is, uh, started back, I want to say 2019. Um, I've always, I've always been one I'm, very open about about my training and what it takes and you know all that jazz and I love talking to people about sport it's, it's one of my favorite things I'm a big community guy and so for years I've just been giving out kind of advice here or there and um, I had an athlete that um, was being coached by another one of my my friends and he was like hey like she just had a stress fracture she's a marathoner." She wants to get into triathlon. Like, would you ever consider coaching her? And I was like, "Eh, you know, like, why not? Like, I could be a formalized coach. I've done, I did swim coaching for the longest time. As I mentioned, I did coach for Z3 for a while there. Um, And so it was just kind of the logical next step was like, hey, she's going to be an athlete of mine. I might as well make a brand of it. Um, And that way more people can reach out and, you know, I can, it will be kind of a community thing. And so Wheelan Racing was formed, uh, started out with just her. And then picked up a few athletes here or there. um, Got to the point where I had a lot of runners on my hands, and I ended up deciding to have my best friend from college, Blake Whalen, join me on the coaching staff. And it's kind of blossomed to this thing where I can I can use it as an outlet, but also anyone that needs coaching, I can help them out. And um, I really do enjoy it. It, it, I could coach anyone from triathlon, swimming, cycling, you know, whatever you're looking for, running, Um, and uh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm definitely one of the cheaper ones just because, like I said, I was already doing this for free, so I just I bumped it up a little bit just so I, it's worth my time, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely readily available for most people. So.
0: And how do we find you?
1: Uh, you can just look at wheelandracing.com. Um, I've also got an Instagram for it. Um, not as active on Facebook with it, but you can also just reach out to me. I, I will direct you very easily. Awesome.
0: That's awesome. And you are definitely don't let this go to your head, but you are definitely talented in each of the three disciplines um, thank you even uh I swimming you are typically at the pointy end of the of the uh, pack um, yeah
1: it's funny I mean locally i can I can dominate but you know uh, uh, at the pro level, it's just, there's a lot of fast swimmers out there. So I I know that I'm fast at the swim, but I also know that I've still got a lot of work to do. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, listen, I'll let you go put your feet up and uh, rest for the next few days.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thanks for the support. I really do appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good luck this weekend and enjoy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to CISN Radio, your home for local sports in central Iowa. Be sure to check out our YouTube page at CISN TV to catch live local sports streaming for free. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. Thanks again for tuning in to CISN Radio.